Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. Many of you, if you're my patients and, and most of my colleagues, will prescribe medications. DHEA, a very mild androgen, is hoped to improve the intra-ovarian environment because women to make eggs also need female hormones, but they also need testosterone to help mature the eggs. So we know that as women get older, the testosterone levels in the ovaries do decline, so topic it up might make a difference. But mm, the studies are not great. The most important thing is you don't take anything that might damage your possibilities or damage a child if it was if you were successful in getting pregnant. There's some evidence in mice, which isn't man, but it's mice, that giving a vitamin called CoQ10 may make a difference. That old mice, old female mice, given this vitamin, produce eggs which are more in number than their old colleagues and also less genetic abnormalities. Human studies has only really been one small randomized study, didn't show any benefit, but again, it does no harm. So we will try that. In terms of IVF cycles, people have fiddled around with the hormones. There are about, I can count, 10, at least 10 different ways of stimulating a woman in this scenario in the hope of improving the numbers. Again, no real studies to prove one's better than another. And the sad part is that from month to month, particularly at this end of the reproductive life, month to month, there can be an egg one month and not in another. There can be three one month and none next using exactly the same regimes. But we try. We try by stimulating pretty strong doses of FSH is one approach. Small doses is another approach. Trying to get that one egg. Again, you've got to be lucky. What was presented at the meeting, and, and in fact, in our own clinic, we're looking at it in an experimental way, is trying to reactivate the ovaries by injecting a plasma, selected plasma with platelets in it, which contain growth factors and lots of goodies that m make cells grow. It's called PRP. And... One of my colleagues, a professor from Queensland, gave a talk at this meeting I've just been to where uh, he came down on the side of the possibility that this might be something for the future. There's a paper out of Adelaide, a professor in Adelaide in the last year, a series of 20 patients in, with, it, with poor response mm -hmm. to stimulation because their egg numbers were low, and he had three pregnancies. I think one or two of them were actually spontaneous pregnancies, not even needing IVF, that maybe we can wake up the ovary, those last few eggs, and get them ovulating.
I know there are websites that are trying to cash in on this, giving people supplements and charging them an arm and a leg over time. Again, scientific evidence not there. So this PRP is to reactivate the ovaries is, involves having a laparoscopy. That's the best way to do it. Some people are trying to do it like an egg collection through the vagina, but the ovaries are, tend to be very small. And if you're actually going to get the, this PRP into the ovary in the right place, probably you need to do a laparoscopy. That has the added advantage that if there's any other pathology that's slowing down your chances of pregnancy, like endometriosis, can be dealt with at the same time. Our group has, we've done, I think the last count was 16 cases in the last couple of months. And from elsewhere in the world, it looks like it's a three or four or five month time frame before we see any significant improvement. But the good news is that of the three patients, of my patients that have gone through treatment, the first one, I did an ultrasound on her last week and she's got a heartbeat at seven weeks from a spontaneous pregnancy after multiple IVF cycles failed. So I'm starting to be convinced this might be something that might work for some people. No guarantees, however. Uh, another lady of mine who'd been having hot flushes, which is a symptom of the menopause, had this procedure done about six weeks ago. She came back to me to talk about having setting up a cycle to go through IVF because she's been through a number before. And she said, interesting, I've been having hot flushes since January, but in the last two weeks, they've gone away. And what that generally means is estrogen levels in the ovary have been rising. In other words, there is some activity going on in the ovary. So again, a possible future pregnancy may be. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.